It's Tuesday the 23rd of March. Welcome to our afternoon sport deep dive. I'm Tim Gilbert and I'm joined by Shane Lee who has been cleaning his pool. Apparently it's gone green. What's gone on? It's full, that's for sure, Timmy. What's about this rain, mate? And uh, yet kids locked away all weekend. Hasn't been easy, but um, we must continue on. The good thing is it's footy season, not cricket season, so the rain doesn't matter that much. Yep, and of course everyone has their opportunity to win. If you just follow us on Twitter, follow us on Facebook, that Chris Gale Spartan sign bat is going to go off very, very soon. On today's show, Sydney Kings owner Paul Smith and our editor-at-large, Rob Gilbert. It's a big one. All right, well, he, he seemed on top of the world, didn't he? Playing American football uh, that season with Parramatta, he was untouchable, Jared Hayne. Now, Shane, found guilty. Uh, this has been an extraordinary fall from grace. It sure has, mate. It's a really sad story, this one. A guy who was a superstar of football and um, yet been found guilty now of sexual assault. And um, he's been he's been let out, I suppose, well, for 50K bail. Um, and to be sentenced um, in the near future. So, yeah, Timmy, a real fall from grace. And, um, you know, it's a, it's a sad story for all involved, and not only including the, the footballer, but the girl as well. So it's um, something you don't like to see. And uh, as I said, mate, a real fall from grace. Uh, yeah, changing pace slightly and uh, looking at the Sydney Swans, uh, they had a big win on the weekend, of course, and, and Buddy's back. Buddy's back, mate. Good timing, isn't it? He hasn't played for a year. It's a real issue, actually, at a certain age when your hamstrings start to go, and you've seen that with Trebojevic uh, in Manly as well. It tends to happen. Once once it goes once or twice, they seem to keep happening. So hopefully a year off for Buddy. Um, we'll see him in good stead. It's an interesting one because the Swans were on fire on the weekend, and um, he's going to come back on that team and... I think the young guys will look to kick to him a lot more, but hopefully they continue doing what they did last week and uh, and Buddy chimes in. He's a superstar, so hopefully he stays fit. Tell you what, as you get older, you can walk down the IGA and do your hamstring just leaning oh, down mate. and, and get calf. some extra mustard. That has <laughs> happened to me on a few times. Now, uh, back, to a, back to a fairly serious topic. Josh Morris has called out an abusive troll on social media. Good on him. A coward's castle. I don't know if you ever can... Uh, combat or compete with these people you just don't know who they are they're faceless yep they're vermin um and good on him you know it was it was horrible stuff saying you know, using expletives and abuse because he lost a multi-bet and uh it's surely not his fault and he was saying i'm going to wait for you when you when you show up at campbelltown outside the bus but sure enough he doesn't and uh you're hiding behind a computer and um yeah, you don't like to see it but good on him for calling it out and there's got to be something done about this. We've spoken about this before, Timmy. It's got to be something done to shut these bloody idiots up. Oh, yeah. I don't know what you can do. It's a, it's a difficult one. Half the time, it's best off ignoring them, I think. Uh, now, I do a bit of work for the Australian Turf Club. I need to say that straight up. But I, I think this is a great initiative on Saturday. Of course, the Golden Slipper, the richest two-year-old race in the world, was called off. It's going to be on this Saturday. And it uh, looks like we've got some clear weather at the back end of the week. But uh, so much food. Four and a half thousand plates oh, wow. were ready to go for the slipper Shane and a great initiative to spread it to those that that needed it yep and um yeah like oysters and lobsters and steak and that sort of stuff a lot of food mate and it's um it's a really big loss but a really good really good idea um yeah for them to to as you said to share it and give it to people who, who are hungry and, and in need mate so um 
they're uh, they're going to be uh, dining pretty well after some of the food I know you get out there at the AJC. Oh, this this is some of the the uh, content that we're talking about from the Australian Turf Club. 180 dozen oysters, 160 kilo peel prawns, over 4,000 sandwiches, salads, 2,000 fruit boxes. The list goes on. 200 kilos of varieties of fruit and veggies, 120 kilos of beef, and 200 kilos of fish fillet. So that's gone out to those that need it. Um, so as every cloud has a silver lining, they say. So a nice one there, and it's going to be. Very interesting to see who wins the Golden Slipper. I still like Stay Inside. Of course, it will be run this Saturday, and every race will be pushed back, for, including the championships for the Autumn Racing Carnival. Yeah, mate, it's uh, Stay Inside. It's a good open bet in this weather, mate, because that's all we've been doing at the moment. Yeah, we've been doing a lot of staying inside. Uh, there's been so much wet weather, but a guy that brings colour inside, outside, it doesn't really matter, and he's very, very happy at the moment. Paul Smith the owner of the high-flying Sydney King. He joins us next. Well, we feel like we've been on a journey on a bus with the owner of the Sydney Kings. I certainly do. Paul Smith, how are you? Mate, it's good on the magical mystery bus ride. <laughs> <laughs> Those were the days. Hey, Paul, um, some good news, mate. Back-to-back wins. You're now sitting sixth on the table. Um, it's nine from eight. Yeah, so, um, mate, talk us through it. That's a great great two wins. No, it was a good couple of wins. We're Friday night, look, our arch enemy, the Dark Force, Melbourne United. It was good to give them a nice little touch-up. So mm. sent them home with their tails between their legs. And then, uh, then we, we, you know, Cairns are our bogey team every year, it seems, and they nearly did it again. It was, we nearly, well, we nearly did it to ourselves, but we, we, uh, we held steady there. It was a good win on Sunday. It was pretty ugly. It was, you know, we didn't play our best, but that's normally the sort of game we cough up a loss. And mm. we took a W out of it, which was really good. And, you know, just, it was a good, good even spread of um, effort from the guys. You know, it wasn't, we didn't execute that well, but, the point was our defense was really strong. We we came out of it with a win and puts us now we're just over five hundred now. We're nine nine wins, eight losses, and we think that's kind of the territory we've got to be in. And the the ladder's really compressed now. So it's uh, look anything can happen over the next few weeks. We always said that I think in the last time we spoke, I said that mm. coming out of the hub in Melbourne, that's going to be the you know that getting back to that regular home and away series is going to be the key. And we got a bit lucky. We've had a good. We've got a good run of games coming up. We've got a good solid stretch of home games, so we can sort of get a bit of rhythm going and see what we can get done. That's pretty exciting. Paul, did you jump out of your seat, mate, when when Sean Bruce hit that three pointer from the corner, mate? Oh, I tell you a little story here, just between us kids, because no one listens to this, right? So, <laughs> well, no, we've got a vast audience, but we'll just keep it to ourselves. We'll just put it. We'll put it on mute, but tell us. I tell everyone. I tell you guys quietly. No, there was a little bit of chat going on there through the game. Uh, Machado was uh, having a bit to say to Brucey, and a couple of times Brucey went out. You know, when they call a not a timeout, but they call it might be a delay of game, there might be a review or something like that. The teams often sort of gather on court. It's not an official timeout, so you can actually go in and walk into the other players' huddle. So Brucey, they were niggling all game, and then um, at one point Machado said, "Yeah, I don't need to guard you, mate. You're rubbish." And then. Oh, Brucey put that throw away from the corner deli there and uh, and uh, he had a few choice words to say to the fella on the Love way back it. up the court. <laughs> 90 seconds left on the clock, yeah. Nothing like a good sledge-a-thon. Look, I looked at a lot of the social media today. I spoke to Rob Shahady, who is a great friend of the show and, of course, your ground announcer or court announcer, and it was his birthday yesterday. It really did look like a carnival atmosphere. Look, anytime Rob's around, it's a bit of a carnival, I can tell you. But, uh, <laughs> no, it's uh, – we, we, look, it's – we're just getting we're just getting going. Um, I think that we've what's that's our fourth home game this year. We've got ten to go, and 
you know, we got to we, we look be fair. We we went missing in action. We we you know we had a sort of stuttering start of the season because of the way the structure of the season. And then we spent three and a half weeks in Melbourne. We haven't been around our fan base, and so we've just got to people have got to get used to the fact that it's real. We're back. We're playing, and we're playing well. You know, we're putting together some wins, and you know, look, we've we've overcome some injuries, and right now we're having a pretty decent run on, in that regard. Didi Lazada sort of had a little bit tweak, but he, he looks like he's okay. He'll be back for next Sunday. And that's the big one, mate. We've got Perth coming up 3 yeah. p.m. on Sunday. It's uh this is it. This is this is where it gets serious now. Yeah, they're they're a serious team, aren't they? And um you have to be on your game there. But I think what you were saying, mate, I, I really do believe and particularly through last year with COVID and not having crowds and that sort of stuff, the home crowd does make a big difference to any team. And when you're playing in front of your, as you said, your supporters, you do get a lift. You do. And it's, it's, a, it's a real factor. It's, it's the yep. sixth player, you know, and, uh, and it, we get it when we, we get it when we go away, when we play away, we get it, you know, mm-hmm. look, there's a little bit of, you know, pressure, refs get under a bit of pressure and, you know, it's a little bit of, it's such a close environment, you know, you the fans are sitting right on top of the court sort of thing. And, you know, it's a, it can be intimidating. We, you know, it's, and getting used to that's a factor, and um, you know, and but that's uh, for us. It's I'd like our our mob a little bit more feral. I would mind. I would mind a little bit more. You know, action from the fans. Yeah, you know, we've got a very polite group of people come to games in Sydney. They're it's a bit like a netball game. You know, well, you've got no, you've got enough money. You could hire some in. You could hire some yeah. ferals do in. A, do a joint venture with Collingwood. <laughs> Look, I wanted ferals that have YouTube right there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, we don't we won't charge much, just fourteen burgers each. Now now what about just get back to this Perth thing for a second because the history the history is compelling, obviously, and the recent history is compelling after all the shit fight of last year, basically. Um so that that, that adds to a lot, doesn't it, to this game? Well, it does. And look, it's uh, look, don't forget Adam Ford was an assistant for six or seven years to Trevor Gleason and um you know, this is the master and the apprentice at it. You know, there's so many layers to this. There's so many storylines and not least of all the recent history, but no one's ever suggested Perth and Sydney send each other Christmas cards. I can tell you right now, there's no love lost between the two organisations. And, and in a healthy way, I think both organisations are pretty respectful of each other. But, you know, we, we everyone circles their circles these games in their diary every year for the look at. You know, we, we're ready for it. We're up for it. And, and uh, you know, look, it's we got a point to prove. And look, at the end of the day, it's, right now, it's about compiling wins. It's it's you know, win the championship this time of year. You're going to win it in June if you're mm-hmm. going to be there. So that's what we're focusing on. And and uh, but you know, look, getting over the top of these guys is important. They're 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 a benchmark. They're a test for us. You know, in many ways. You know, you mm. you know where you stand in the in the competition when you how you kind of come up against Perth. So it's a home game for us. They've they've, they've got a tough run. They've got Friday night. I think yeah, they're playing Illawarra. Mm. In Perth, and they've got to travel. They've got to travel back over to Sydney on Sunday for us. So, you know, we got a we got a clean week. We're nice and fresh, so we've got no excuses. We're going to be ready and waiting. And what we'd like to do is make sure we've got a decent roll up of fans there to support us. So we really encourage it. And you know, it's um, there's not a bad seat in that house. And with all the weather we've experienced this last few days, it's great to be dry when you're playing for change. <laughs> Big time. Hey, just quickly, Paul, how, how good's this Gerald Martin? He was MVP last game. He looks the goods. Mate, he's pretty good. He's look, he's, no, he's very good. He's very good. Um, such a relaxed dude, though. I mean, like, just nothing ever phases him, and he just <laughs> he just gets on with it. Look, he, and I, look, he wasn't very happy. He missed two free throws at the end there to sort of put it away, and we had mm. to do a little bit of extra work to get it finished. But uh, no, he's a, look, he's a really really nice person, and uh, 
He's a great competitor and he's, but he's super talented. The things he can do for a big guy, six foot ten, mm. you know, he gets the ball on the floor, he's good in the air, he's got a mid-range jumper, he's got a three-pointer. He's got all the tools and, you know, he's a, he's a massive asset for us and we were missing him because, you know, look, he's good for 18, 20 points a game. Yeah, yep. And he just changes the focus of the game and he can, he can man up. But, you know, we look, we, we struggled on Sunday. Nate J.Y. was unbelievable, the big fella. The old fella was awesome and he gave us a bit of a hard time. But, you know, we, we managed to get through it. I mean, Jarrell's a, but Jarrell's a real class act and he's something special. Fans got to come out and see that one, that's for sure. Go the mighty, mighty Kings. Great to see you back on track. And uh, we'll catch up next week with uh, another breakdown of what's going on. Yeah, I'll give it to you. I'll give you all the good stuff, all right? We'll organise some ferals. We'll bring um, we'll bring our producer, Dan McHugh. Everyone will be there. You wait to see. <laughs> <laughs> all right. See you guys. See you, mate. Coming up on Afternoon Sport, Rob Gilbert. He's got back to the footy in Melbourne. He's going to tell us all about it. As a professional sports person, I knew the value of a good coach. And being a business owner is no different. With the Business Coach from Growth Workshop, you can build the business you've always dreamed of, a valuable business that runs by itself. If you need to take control of your future with a winning strategy, Growth Workshop specializes in improving your cash flow, developing sales marketing strategies to drive revenue, and getting those ideas out of your head into an action plan. Growth Workshop will help you develop a business plan and achieve your financial goals with regular guidance from our experienced team. Whether you want to drive revenue with a new marketing strategy or put the right team and systems in place, we'll help you free up from the day-to-day and allow you to grow your business. We can help. Get in touch with Growth Workshop Business Coaching at growthworkshop.com.au to book in for your no-obligation strategy session. Growth Workshop, turning your good idea and hard work into a valuable asset. Well, not a lot of EPL over the weekend, but the quarterfinals of the FA Cup, our editor-at-large, Roberto Gilbert, we're giving you an O on the end of your name this afternoon. How are you? It's almost like we're commentating on the City R, Timmy. How are you, Shane? Very well, Rob. So run us through the quarters in the FA Cup. Yeah, so um, yeah, there were just two games, uh, catch-up matches in the in the Premier League. Spurs bounced back and beat Aston Villa in a, a classic three-all draw. Arsenal came back against West Ham, but the uh, quarterfinals of the FA Cup were... Um, Matches that largely went according to script, but uh, one that uh, was a toss of the coin. So Southampton, the uh, the Premier League side, who are uh, just battling relegation right now, beat the Championship side Bournemouth three nil. Manchester City, probably the big story, given that uh, they are still alive for an unprecedented quadruple. Mm. So they beat uh, Everton at Goodison Park. Uh, now the quadruple would consist of winning the FA Cup, winning the League Cup. They're already in the final of that one. Uh, to be played in April against Jose Mourinho's Spurs. And then they are already uh, nearly past the post, uh, not mathematical yet, but uh, they've got to do a hell of a lot wrong uh, if they were to lose the title in the uh, the premiership. Uh, but uh, the Champions League, which, of course, they've never won as well. So that uh, that's the quadruple. So that was the uh, the big result. The other two were Chelsea, uh, who uh, under uh, Thomas Tuchel, the, um, the German manager, it seems like German managers, they can't uh, do anything wrong, uh, beat the relegation-bound Sheffield United and then uh, Leicester City. So uh, under Brendan Rodgers, uh, since he, he moved over from Celtic, uh, of course, famous nearly broke the Liverpool drought um, mm. several years ago. Uh, they beat Manchester United 3-1 comfortably. So the real challenge there is uh, for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, who uh, even though he's gotten the uh, the Red Devils back uh, into some kind of form, uh, they just can't win silverware. 
It's interesting, isn't it, uh, how it is all going over there? And uh, we'll watch with interest uh, that Manchester City team, just an extraordinary outfit. Well, the fairy tale just rolls on, hasn't it, the past few weeks for Central Coast Mariners? And there's a bit of a, a backstory to this, Rob, because they're, they're not the Broadway act, are they? You know, Melbourne Victory is usually one of the teams that's top of the pops. They've had more more drama than Speed Gordon, but the Mariners. Absolutely. Well, um, as we've discussed in the, the past uh, several weeks, uh, Alan Stajic, uh, he's had all of uh, the the dramas that uh, we uh, are well aware of from uh, the uh, the sacking at uh, the Matildas and um, and being on the outer for, for quite a while, winning wooden spoons at Central Coast and uh, managing to stave off the the sack himself. But to, to get that team back into order uh, with uh, you know leaders, uh, veterans like Matt Simon and uh, some international uh, signatures that other clubs just weren't looking at, uh, and then Alu Kual, the uh, the young South Sudanese boy from the Goulburn Valley in uh, in Victoria who the victory trialed for four weeks and, and let pass. Uh, they've put together an incredible squad. Uh, but, uh, you know, another great result over the weekend for the Western Sydney Wanderers. Um, let's not... Um ignore the fact that Carl Robinson's managed to, to turn their season around. They were wobbling pretty heavily for a while there and, mm. uh, you know, on the fringes of the top six. But uh, to, to beat uh, Perth Glory 3-0, despite the fact that it's at home, is uh, a pretty significant feat. So uh, so let's keep a watching brief on uh, on the Western Sydney Wanderers. And, you know, Melbourne City last year's losing grand finalists uh, are uh, another club that uh, are doing well and, uh, and, and can't be ignored. Uh, they are... Uh, under Paddy Kisnorbo, former club um, champion, and uh, and took the uh, the women's team of Me- Melbourne City to to the titles, uh, is uh, is doing some pretty good things there and rounding out uh, the top six. Of course, the debutants uh, under Ante Milicic, MacArthur, and Sydney FC in sixth spot. Now, Rob, uh, the Socceroos about to jump on a plane and go into. Um into camp or even into a bubble over in Q8 where temperatures are going to be somewhere like 46 degrees plus. Now, I've played cricket in the subcontinent many times. It can get up to, you know, the high 40s, but it is tough, tough going. And imagine running around trying to play soccer in those conditions. It must be tough. Oh, absolutely. So the backstory to this is these are World Cup qualifiers for uh, the Qatar World Cup in, in 2022, which uh, all things being equal, you'd think that that's probably going to be one of the first international tournaments uh, to be uh, um relatively back to normal but uh, right now there's no normality anywhere as far as international travels concerned so the uh, the Socceroos were meant to play their final uh, matches um, against Chinese Taipei Jordan and Nepal um, at home at well, home and away ties uh, uh, but uh, because and Kuwait is the uh, the other member of the group so the the issue here is of course that uh, the the, um, the international teams can't travel so uh, the uh, Asian uh, Confederate Federation has uh, has dictated that all remaining group matches will be held in a bubble. So uh, while you've got Qatar pretty much ready to go for that World Cup next year, air-conditioned stadiums uh, just about next door to Kuwait, no, they'll go to Kuwait and play in 46-degree temperatures, uh, which is uh, is going to be – well, it's going to be tough for everybody. But there's one thing anyone who watches uh, uh, the soccer is closely will know, that we can um, be world beaters at home against the Japan, the Jordan and Kuwait and Qatar types. Uh, but when we go over there, it's an entirely different story. So so uh, we're top of the group at the moment. Um, it's going to be a particularly tricky path to, to get through because this is not a direct qualification after getting through this group uh, because, of course, Qatar 
Qatar as the home nation take one of the Asian Confederation spots. So uh, so those matches uh, will be played between the 31st of May and June the 15th. But uh, look, you know what, boys, it'll just be good to see the green and gold back out there again. Uh, it's been so long. Oh, yeah. And, and how do you think you'll go uh, as coach? Of course, did such a, a great job at Sydney FC, didn't he, Graham Arnold? He's He's got this sort of, I don't know, this yin and yang kind of zen-like feel when he coaches uh, teams. It's all about being positive. It's all about saying that we're going to win. Hmm. Yeah. Look, I, I think um, Arnie is a good coach for the Socceroos right now. I mean, he's been around a long time. He, he had an interim period as the head coach uh, several years ago. He's been assistant coach to uh, Kursit Inc. and to Pim Verbeek uh, at, at World Cups as well. And uh, in the period, the most recent period where uh, Bert van Marwijk uh, was uh, in control of the Socceroos at the World Cup in Russia, he was uh, shadowing him as well. So uh, he's a player that's respected, a senior Socceroo, had an international career career in his own right. So he's respected by the players. And just as importantly, he's got an international football network, which is critical in this game. Uh, they don't respect people who uh, they can't uh, pick up the phone and talk to. Uh, and so you really do need to be able to, to make uh, direct connections. And uh, and with so many of our players, admittedly, look, it's not the golden generation of Harry Kuehl, Mark Viduka, Mark Schwartz, Ed Al playing in all the top leagues around uh, the world, but we've got good quality players playing in second division championships, sufficient of those to be able to put uh, a quality spine through the side. And uh, and then you look at, um, you know, some of the, the quality players that are getting match time and young blokes uh, in the A-League. I, th- I think um, we uh, we can look forward to Qatar with some confidence under under Arnie. Well, fingers crossed, mate. It's going to be bloody hot over there. It's like running a half a marathon in, in a Bikram yoga condition. So we'll see how they go. <laughs> now, now, the big one is you were there Friday night to see the Pies play. I've got a question for you. It wasn't a great result for yourself. I know you're a Pies man, but um, apparently there's a lot of respect to Adam Trelaw, even from the Collingwood supporters. No, no, fair play. And so uh, anyone who's listening who isn't aware of this, Adam Trelaw was a highly paid uh, uh, Collingwood player um, in a uh, a PR fiasco uh, Mm. that's only been shadowed by the departure of Eddie Maguire at Collingwood. He and Jaden Stevenson uh, were forced out of the club due to salary cap pressure. Uh, The club handled it. Uh, Look, it's going to be a textbook case of how not to handle the departure of a couple of players from a club because uh, the fans were outraged. Uh, The uh, the Western Bulldogs picked him up and and look... uh, uh, the most ridiculous thing about this is that, uh, as we see so often these days, that uh, the club that had him under contract, Collingwood, are still going to be forced to pay him another two hundred thousand dollars, if you don't mind, each year for the next three years. Mm. So um, he, uh, he he was good at, in in parts. Uh, he wasn't outstanding, but he did his job. Uh, but he had enough mates around him to, to get the job done. And uh, and there was uh, a period late in the game where he had a possession, and uh, uh, and the uh, the whole crowd pretty much cheered him. It was only brief, but it was obvious that it wasn't just the Bulldogs fans that were cheering him, but it was the Collingwood fans as well. So uh, respect to Adam Trelaw. It's been a real tough time for him uh, uh, with all sorts of suggestions that his um, Kim Trevally and his wife, uh, who plays in the Super Netball competition, uh, was uh, one of the reasons why they uh, they had him on the outer at Collingwood and uh, a lot of, you know, un- unnecessary elements added to his departure. So nice to see a young bloke, deep thinking guy. Uh, so good to see him get a result, even though it was against Collingwood, who were uh, pretty ordinary, um, if I don't mind saying so myself, gentlemen. What was it like being there, though, Rob? You guys have had a bludger of a time. Obviously, we're brothers. And, uh, look, we talk all, all the time every day. And last year, Melbourne, uh, you know, 
swirling from lockdown to lockdown and drama to drama, much more than anywhere else in this country. And uh, the MCG not played on since 2019's grand final, uh, as far as AFL is concerned. And, and to get there and have a crowd, there's nothing quite like, for those that haven't been, to watching a game of AFL at the MCG with a good crowd. It must have been like taking in a big breath of fresh air. Well, look, the Gilbert boys didn't ever play um, a sport at the top level the way the Lee brothers did, but I reckon we'd uh, be in the grand final for passion for our sport. Uh, um, uh, people who are listening wouldn't be aware, um, but they might assume uh, um, that you and I uh, uh, graced the stadiums of many sporting <laughs> arenas around Australia, and particularly in our early days, the old Cumberland Oval, before it was Bankwest Stadium and before it was Parramatta Stadium, when we were little kids and Parramatta were uh, not winning grand finals in the late 70s and we'd go out with dad and our two older brothers and uh, be carrying the blackboard around the, the ground getting paid two bob to uh, uh, to give uh, show the fans the raffle ticket number so we've been doing it for all of our lives haven't we so uh, the MCG when I moved here 20 plus years ago I put my name down uh, for membership waited the 20 years I'm a restricted member now and uh, uh, to, to complete the, the story that you've just started Tim um, to be able to to go back to the MCG um, which is a cathedral of sport in this country, um, a place that I've been to so many times over the past two decades, watch Collingwood win grand finals, watch them lose grand finals, watch them draw grand finals, uh, was just fantastic. And uh, I had a, a great spot, four rows from the front, right near the players' race. And, and whilst uh, you don't get the best view of what's happening at the opposite side of the ground, when you're literally in the pocket of the action, uh, you really know you're at a sporting event. So uh, yeah, it was fantastic to be there and, um, and just to see Melbourne light up again and and um, to see three consecutive games from Thursday through to Saturday uh, at the MCG and uh, AFL football back around the country with crowds in uh, in its uh, spiritual home of Melbourne was a fantastic thing. Hey, Rob, I just want to say congratulations on um, getting allowed in as a Collingwood supporter into the MCG. And I think it's it's fitting that uh, you're only a restricted member as a Collingwood supporter. We don't want to give you guys full access. We don't want to give you full access to everything. We're mates here and we're all looking after each other <laughs> and you just have a little drive-by at me on the way through as we're about to leave. Eh? I, I, I was just trying to work out where Rob was going to go because sometimes when we went to a few of those sporting events, particularly early on when we didn't have two Bob in our pocket, we didn't know, we, we might we might have jumped a couple of fences to get in and watch a few games as kids. Plenty. Oh, oh. Mate, look, and, and I remember uh, when I was uh, working for Qantas flying around the world. Uh, I'll tell you a story one day about how I managed to walk into a sellout at Lord's uh, um, gratis thanks to a very friendly gateman. I'll tell you one about that too, mate. Thanks, I'll, mate. I'll tell you a story about the 1982 <laughs> grand final one day where Timmy, we slept out the front of the SCG to get tickets. Beautiful. Timmy slept in, turns up about five to three before the kickoff. We're falling asleep because we had no sleep and he just bumps in, squeeze over boys and he's cheering his heart out as we're falling asleep during the grand final. Yeah, and I went from a Manly supporter for the first half into a Parramatta supporter at halftime. That's a whole other story. It story. was like Clark Kent walking into a telephone booth. Have a good one, Roberto. See you, Timmy. See you, Shane. See you, Rob. Well done, mate. That's it for Afternoon Sport today. We'll be with you Monday to Friday every week. Hit subscribe on your podcast app so you don't miss it. Big thank you to Paul Smith. We'll get some ferals for him. <laughs> and Robbie Gilbert, of course. Didn't we talk about some lovely old stories, Shane? We did, mate. We did. It was good fun today. And uh, don't forget Spartan Sports, our sponsors, mate. www.spartansportshq.com. Yeah, and that cricket bat signed by the wonderful Chris yep. Gale from Spartan is going to go off soon. Just follow us on Twitter or Facebook. That is Afternoon Sport. Follow us on either of those. A big thank you to... To the man himself, Dan McHugh. See you tomorrow. We'll see you then, guys. Take care.